morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> you serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Coming up, fingers crossed. Let's do this. Midday grind, five nine of the fan. Coming an hour, a little late. We were up against it, and you know what we did? We were up against it, and went right through it. You know what you got to do when the show before runs late? You got to do like some kind of a veiled shot. Like, sorry for starting at this time. Yeah, we were <clears throat> scheduled to be on earlier. Except is- it's also your, your show, your fault. But correct when you have all star closers and soon to be. Hall of Fame football players, you go long. And team players get that, all right? Because this is Team 590. Giving way to Isaac Bruce, all of that, 11 o'clock hour. Looked on Wikipedia today. Was trying to find some nuggets about Trevor Rosen. Something we didn't know. From East St. Louis? He is not from East St. Louis, but it lists all these accolades, and and then it just says he is not Jewish. That's at the bottom of it. They said his father gets invited to a lot of bar mitzvahs in Kansas City because of his last name. I would those, just go to them. Those are the important details. Probably good food and drink there. I'd just go to the party. That Wikipedia provides. And he did confirm after the fact that that is true. So that is true. That is true. He's now pitching for the Nats. There are more Nats running around St. Louis in the offseason than Cardinals. You could run into Max Scherzer. You can run into Matt Adams. Got Trevor Rosenthal. Breaking really? news last Whoa. night. Mizzou will retire Max Scherzer's number. Yeah. See, it's all coming full circle. How about that? You were there at Mizzou Arena holding him accountable after the game. I got to say, for about 10 minutes. 13 minutes, actually. I was thinking, what if they do this? What if Conzo's scrappy bunch of youthful players knock off Rick Barnes, grizzled vets, and among the uh, list of players that have been there forever, that was your topic the other day that we never got to on radio, College basketball players that feel like they were there forever. The Robbie Hummels of the world. Brian Cardinal, another Purdue guy. Jess Settles literally was at Iowa, I think, for six years. I think he had a medical red shirt, sat out a year. He was there for six, seven years. By that sixth year, you think they coached like, just, just move on. Just, just do leave. something else. But you're pretty good, though. Aaron Kraft is probably the best example in the last decade of players that feel like they were there forever. Nigel Hayes is on the list. Admiral Schofield at Tennessee. He's up there. First of all, great name, but also feels like he's been there a long time. The key is, I think, especially with college basketball now in the one-and-done era, if you are known as a freshman and we know of your name, like Aaron Kraft, Nigel Hayes, and then you actually, God forbid, stay to your senior year, which never happens, it's just so weird now. You're like, are you serious? Aaron Kraft is still at Ohio State? It's almost considered detrimental to you as an NBA prospect. Like, if you were, Why are you still there? Why haven't you left yet? Oh, you're You're not very good, are you? Look at Tyler Hansborough. There was talk of him leaving after his freshman year, and then he stayed what? Did he stay all four years? Sounds right. We'll check it. A lot to get to. So you were there on TV. It looked really sparse, but our photographer, Adam Buckeye, was talking to him late night last night, and he said, I think it was about 70%. 
it seemed more sparse than that. Granted, they're out of school. It's deer hunting season or whatever's going on in uh, Boone County. <laughs> Quail. What was pheasant. your take on, and granted, they are not in school right now, but atmosphere. It is loud. I'll tell you what, the mole man does some good yelling, and it's loud on TV even. It's got to be really loud because at one point, crowd shots aren't that impressive. And Carl Ravage doing the game said, boy, this place is loud tonight. And I didn't know if he meant the mole man or the fans. It was loud early. And, again, it's it's tough not to make excuses, but school not in session, so kids not coming back to school yet. Dear Plus, honey. you did have an early start. So even if you're a fan from KC, St. Louis, and you got to make a two-hour trek for a 6 o'clock game, was the announced attendance around 10-ish? 10 10-ish. The lower bowl, I took a picture right at tip, and it did look kind of sparse. I was also talking with our photographer, Adam. He said up top it was more filled in. But, look, when Mizzou was playing well early, and, and they were for the first 13 minutes, they had two different nine-point leads. And even more impressive there is you're coming off not playing a basketball game. They had not played in nine days. And right out of the gate, you have Jeremiah Tillman, who gets the foul, gets teed up, He's on the bench basically two and a half minutes into the game. Mark Smith, another very good player, two fouls very early. So Mizzou's actually playing their best basketball without Tillman, without Mark Smith. And again, to about the the seven-minute mark of the first half, they're up nine points, and then they just got absolutely blitzed. Oh, so says you. It, it well, also the scoreboard. Yeah, the scoreboard <laughs> and if you watched. and As we said on TV last night, they flipped the switch, and it was a big switch. They look like a Final Four team. And Mizzou looks like a very young, overmatched squad when facing said powers. So the Tigers lose last night. Billikens play tonight. Slew in UMass, 8 o'clock tip at Schaefer's Arena. Slew with a good chance to get to 2-0 and uh, in the Atlantic 10. Blues play tomorrow, Charlie. And seriously, for a team that we have very little interest in right now, no offense, they've, they've sort of earned that. I, I don't mean little interest, but little reason to be excited. I'm very intrigued as to who will be the starting goalie on Thursday night. We go through this. I almost tweeted out that Chuck Marlowe has written his thesis on this. The hockey narrative, when the backup goalie plays well, got to get him out of there. You just play him. Can I say something? (laughs) Look, you grow up, you play different sports, you cover different sports. There's sports you know better than others. And I've always said, you know, I kind of defer to hockey people and people that played the game because I never played growing up. But I'm telling you, the goalie thing I've never understood. And I know we've went through it the last couple years with Jake Allen versus Brian Elliott and then Jake Allen versus Carter Hutton. And and look, it's a one-game sample size for Jordan Bennington. And maybe he goes out there, he gives up three in the first period. I don't care. You know what you're getting from Jake Allen. And he can be really good in stretches. But is he that consistent? No, he's proven that. So guess what? Just throw Bennington out there. You have to. Isn't it an obvious Isn't it an obvious call right now? Just for one game, if he's good, play it out. These things usually kind of settle themselves. But right now, after a back-to-back, when the kid pitches a shutout, and then they lose the Jake Allen game, and again, I'm not blaming it all on him, this is an easy call. I don't even know why Correct. we debate it. No, I think it was an easy call yesterday. And to Frank's credit, he played the clip. To Hoff's credit, he pulled the clip of Frank saying on Tuesday... I think you got to play Bennington. You got to play Bennington. So we're watching the game. Dave Job is a uh, it was a longtime producer at Fox Two, local comedian. Comedian also is known for his extremely hot takes in the sports office. He throws things sometimes. He gets very does he really throw he gets, things? Gets really animated. He wasn't throwing things last night. That's but good. If he could say on Twitter, 
what he says off air in the office, he'd be wildly popular. He'd also be fired. But he was saying, you know what's going to happen. This guy's going to blank the bed tonight. And he didn't. Make the bed? He did not make the bed. But all of a sudden, when it's three zip on a bad goal, like, here we go again. Now he's going to give up four or five. No, he, he made great saves after that. He did. Just, he, he's got to get those first three out of the way, and afterwards he's fine. He's the starting pitcher who gives up two home runs in the first inning, and it's 4 nothing, and then they kind of battle back, and they lose 4-2. to two. But he goes six innings. But he goes six innings. They say, well, he really kept us in that game. And you're like, well, no, he, he took us out of the game right away. <laughs> he lost the game. But this is my point here, and just so everybody knows, when I say start Jordan Bennington, it might be one game. But these things always settle themselves. You remember there was about a week or 10-day span where Chad Johnson was actually playing really, really well. And it made sense for the Blues to play him. And they did. They won a few games. And then guess what? That kind of just ended, and Jake Allen started playing well. And we've seen this over Jake Allen's tenure. Sometimes when he gets some competition, okay, a guy gets injured, Jake Allen steps in, he's really, really good. But for this next game, it just makes sense to throw out Bennington see what happens, and it's one game. And if Bennington plays well, then keep working him into the rotation. But to me, this is an obvious call. Am I wrong there? Am I stupid? Hockey people will probably call me stupid because I know Jake Allen has a contract and all that. But give the kid another shot, and maybe it's only one more game. I think what's maddening, and 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 I'm not picking on Chris Kerber because he was on with Frank the other day, it's what the Blues believe, it's what hockey people believe. But even after the shutout on Tuesday, what Kerbs was saying is what – Blues people would say, well, you go back to Jake tonight. And it wasn't like an outlandish statement for people that are around the team that cover hockey. Like, you go back to Jake. He's your guy. It's his turn. It's a back-to-back. You usually break it up anyway. We're not talking about a day off in between. It's That is the hockey narrative. It's what they all say. Yeah, well, you go back to Jake. But to a non-insider, I say, why? Why? I mean, unless there is this idea you're our main guy, therefore you always get the nod. When in doubt, we go back to you. You're our guy. I think he's lost that privilege. It just seems like we do this every year. It's like Matt Carpenter batting first. (laughs) It's become Matt Carpenter batting first. And you know why we do this every year? Is because of Jake Allen. Yes. Okay? You have been given ample opportunity to own this, to put away everybody's criticism and fears or whatever. Well, when he's on his game, you saw those saves. We're past that. So why not do what just makes not hockey sense, to borrow from Strick, common sense. Forget hockey sense. Give me some common sense. And also, in years past, let's be real. It's it's not because of just the numbers and the talent. Because last year, Carter Hutton, even though it was a smaller sample size, had the best goals against and save percentage in all of the NHL. Yeah, he was a backup. We all know this is a business. It's about the contract. It's about the investment in a high pick and that this is supposed to be the guy for the future. And now that's that's a question mark, and that's fair. Just so you know, I did think Jake should play last night, okay? Because back-to-back, and it's Bennington's first career NHL start. He was really good, but I'm sure that was very physically and emotionally draining. And I think for a back-to-back, it did make sense to play Jake Allen. Okay, but now you have a day See, off. I disagree on that. You're, I understand the mindset, but I'm like, the guy's red hot. I'd, I'd give it a shot. And if he's bad, I would have yanked him early last night. Okay, it was a lot to ask. But I think it's worth finding out. The guy stops every shot one night, even though, okay, he's tired, whatever. I understand that. I think I would have thrown him out there to find out. Don't you also think we've seen this over the years. We've brought it up a million times. But 
Brian Elliott comes to the Blues on what? A two-way contract? And he becomes an all-star. And Carter Hutton is the career backup, never supposed to do much. And for one year, he's one of the best goalies in the league, albeit a smaller sample size. So my point is, goalies are weird. They really are. Some of the high picks. is terrible now with Carter Hutton. Okay, but my point is, just because he wasn't the highest pick, and just because he's been in the minor leagues for eight years, it would not surprise me if any of these guys come up and can play well for a stretch. So just give him a couple opportunities. And again, if he's bad, go back to Jake, but give the kid a shot. Goalies are weird. Isn't that That's true, though? I, I mean, like. come on. We've seen this over the years. Backup goalies get hot in the postseason all of a sudden and help their teams get to the Stanley Cup final. You know what's funny is in the last couple of years, if you talk to hockey people, and we cover the team, but I'm talking about people who are there like every day, who are just around the team, around the sport every single day, they usually tell you when Hunt would play well, when Brian Elliott would play well, well, you got to have two. Well, you got to have two. And now that there isn't really a solid backup, they well, this is Jake's job. This is Jake. I do. Feel <laughs> Are like, you saying the narrative is is forming depending on the situation? I feel it's a bit like the SEC bowl argument. Like not oh, motivated. We're 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 the best conference. We're going to crush everybody in the bowls. And like, well, that bowl game didn't matter. I feel we're getting. I feel like we're getting that now when it comes to the goalie situation. But what you have is, I think, fan fatigue on the top. It's the closer, who is. Been great in the past, but now it's just getting lit up, and you're like, I can't, I can't trust him in the ninth. And you're yelling at Matheny, quit putting him out there, quit putting him out there. He <laughs> said, "Yell." That's the keyword. But look, here's the fan fatigue, and here's why I bring up Matt Carpenter. And I will do a Twitter poll, and I guarantee you the numbers are ridiculously lopsided. The you fan have to, fatigue. You have to ask Brendan Schaefer for permission. I will ask Brendan Schaefer. The fan fatigue comes from the fact that if you ask the average fan. People that watch Blues hockey or people that are into it, if you ask them who should start the next game, and I'll put a Twitter poll out there, what do you think the percentage is, Bennington versus Allen? I guarantee you it'll be overwhelming Jordan Bennington, and it should be just for the next game. That's all I'm saying. All right, so that's – I agree with that, that that's what the fans would say. What is your gut as to what Chief will do? I think he'll start Bennington. Yeah, but your level of – what's your percentage at – Confidence level, I'd say about fifty-two percent. What if Bennington plays well on Thursday? Who starts Saturday? Well, you got to go back to Jake. <laughs> Wait a minute, but Jordan just made forty-nine <laughs> saves in a one-nothing shutout of the Canadians. Yeah, but you go back to Jake. That's Can we go back and look at the stretch where Chad Johnson played well for about three, four games? Look, nobody's saying Jake Allen is done. Nobody's saying he's not going to have a role on this team. Uh, Nobody's saying it's not going to be a nice timeshare. Maybe he takes over and he he starts two-thirds of the games. All I'm saying is right now the Blues are one of the worst teams in the NHL. Whoa. He's part of that problem. Only the standings say that. Jordan Bennington has had one game. game. They <laughs> I understand that. Games in hand. Give the kid a chance to fail. How about that? That's what always bothers us about the Cardinals as well. When a guy comes up and pitches really well, or hits really well, and you go, up oh, 40, man, whatever it is. Oh, a guy comes off the disabled list. Super two. Give the guy a chance at least to fail. Uh, Chad Johnson in parts of three games saved uh, 76 of 77 shots. They won. Blues won his two starts in that span. Started, they have a little asterisk. Started begrudgingly. <laughs> and again, look what happened. He got released after that, right? Yeah, he got he put on waivers. Well. After that, he got released. So down. I want everyone to know. I'm not saying Jordan Bennington is the next big thing. I am. I'm saying he could be for the next week. That's the that's tricky, the bar. That's the tricky slope. He'll try and get you to fall down and say, "Oh, you think this guy's a hall of no. Favorite? 
game by game. I agree, but that's what happened. Now, Stricky will do that again. Like, oh, you want this guy? Oh, now, now all of a sudden you got Bennington winning the cup. Like, didn't say that. Didn't say that. And I everybody last year. I had winning year. the cup in eight years, Bennington. Correct. But everybody last year said that about Jake. When time and time again, Carter Hutton would go out there and shove, and it was still, no, Jake's team. We all know what that's about. It's about the contract. That's what it's about. It's a business. We get that. How about some uh, hockey questions for Strickland? 855-282-8255. We'll talk to Andy coming up at 1230. Hockey Sense Friday at Schneidhorst, 4 o'clock. We can always tell where he is in his 622 blue mindset when we look at the guests on Friday. If they're pundits about the draft, that means Strick has given up. Okay, that's just a little tell. 62 blue. Are we going to see a Barclay appearance on the Blues Twitter account at all today? I was thinking they're a little overdue for a dog appearance. Bad game last Bad night. Game. Allen gave up a pretty weak goal late that kind of put the game away officially 3 nothing. I think. What if they did it in-game? Like a horrible game, like a hor- horrible goal. They're down 5 nothing, and someone, the puppy. someone from the Blues just like puts the dog on the ice. Hold on a second. Now look. We make fun, yes, and we did. But if we own this franchise, it is a business, and you want to sell tickets, and it was the holiday season, and the Blues were playing really, really bad. It did kind of make sense from a PR standpoint. You had the fight and all that to kind of roll out the dog. You would do that, too, if you were running oh, PR absolutely. for your team. I think I do think now, and I could be wrong, I think they're a little paranoid about it. I think they know the optics. I agree. It. I think they know that it was like, okay, the team's kind of crappy and – my sister even asked about that. She <laughs> she kind of follows the blues in the periphery. I think she just follows them like on Instagram. She goes, I noticed a lot of photos of the dog recently. Any reason for that? <laughs> you know what? Everybody loves a good diversion. When that Mizzou game was getting out of hand, <laughs> I noticed in the broadcast, they were doing a lot of Duke cut-ins. And I'm like, Duke is already playing a game somewhere else. Like, oh, what's going on with Zion Williams? Oh, it's a- all right, Mizzou is on the downside of this one. It's a 20-0 run for Tennessee or whatever it was. And they kept showing, like, Duke updates. That was their version of Barkley last night. Duke is Duke. Duke. 2019, what are your goals, Chuck? Be honest. 2019, be less better, be less a, phone time, lose person. some weight, be a better person. Better dad, Work better with Martin less. My God. <laughs> I'm just giving him, I'm just making <laughs> suggestions. Better dad, better husband. Better dad. I'm a great dad. I know. I'm kidding. You can always do better. Great husband. Oh, yeah. You can, can always, always improve. Better. 100%. Trying to lose weight. Maybe just making better decisions. Head to a neighborhood schnooks. Here's the deal. Best produce section in town. You already knew that. Fresh produce is the key to eating better. You might need to shop a little more often. Instead of stocking up on all that processed food, get some healthy options. Fruit and vegetables. And while you're there... Grab a copy of Simply Slim magazine. It is free. It's at every schnooks. And what's inside Simply Slim magazine? How about some healthy recipes, things that taste good that are also good for you? In addition to that, schnooks is partnering with local fitness centers, helping you eat and live well, offering free classes, free challenges. It's that simple. If you want to plan your meals, shop for those fresh foods, shed a few pounds, do it with the help of your neighborhood store, schnooks. You can get more information Simply visit online, schnooks.com slash health. You can also enter for a chance to win free groceries for an entire year. How about that? Fresh start, fresh ideas, fresh produce, healthy eating at Schnooks. It's come to my attention that at 12.02, the Blues did post a photo of Barclay. Today? <laughs> no. <laughs> they posted a uh, kind of a, how much he's grown. So there's two photos, one is a puppy and one of him, I assume today, how much Barclay has grown as a dog. Real quick. Quite a lot. I'm putting out this Twitter poll. I'm going to do it for 35 minutes so we can we can uh, read it at the Pulse end of the, of the show. People. Should I say, though, who should start in net Thursday for the Blues? 
Jake Allen, Jordan Bennington, or Barkley? I knew that. Was Should going. I put Barkley? Sure. No, because he'll win. Oh, that's true. He'll going away. All right, I'll do just Allen and Bennington. And then after that, do a secondary poll and add Barkley. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to predict. So we're going to read this uh, final tally. Will it be at 12:58? We'll be up against it. Let's say Bennington. I'm going to go. 98%. I really do. I think Bennington will win running away. I think it'll be about 80%. Uh, a lot to get to. Also, Charlie Tuna, his Thursday tour of Schnooks continues. He's going to be at the Webster Grove Schnooks. That's Whoa. the one at Elm and 44. That's good Schnooks. Great Schnooks. Like what? He's not He's not worthy? Is that what you're That's saying? A, we've been there. That's a really good Schnooks. First like of all, that. they're all great. Okay. I used to go to that Schnooks a lot when we were working in Webster. Dave Peacock was there with yes. us. Yes. 44 and Elm is the uh, location there. The Schnooks and Webster Groves. That is tonight. I said Thursday. Unless Charlie Tuna is confused, it's tonight, Wednesday. Dr. Rick will be stopping by. It's the Charlie Tuna <laughs> He's cutting Show. Cutting our grass. Charlie Tuna Show coming your way from 7 to 9 later tonight on 590 Fan. We'll come back and talk more in depth hockey, Chuck. A lot of hockey on the table today. Strick will uh, kind of tell us why we're wrong. Will he? He was listening, and point by point, he'll, he'll counter what you said. Maybe he's there with Barkley. Mm. Up. A rink report next on 590 The Fan. Sherry, Sherry, I really love you.